Obviously want to uh, get into the tour we got coming up here, look back on the past couple of tours, look ahead to the future, and get your opinion on a couple of things. But uh, I wanted to kind of start in the past, dude, because I talked to you a few years ago during the metal tour of the year, right when you were getting ready to get set out on the metal tour of the year, and you told me this yeah. great story about going on tour with Mustaine and how it was such a dream come true and your yearbook quote of... Was it a lyric from Risk, a song on Risk? Oh, yeah, it was on, uh, it was uh, Five Magics from Rust in Peace. Oh, that's what it was, yeah. Man. Yeah, oh, yeah. And you, and you got <laughs> I all... was supposed to bring my yearbook out, and I was going to have them sign it, but I didn't end up doing it. It was just too much to carry around. And I don't think I would have been able to get it done anyway. I was able to hang with them for a minute and get a picture, but something as extensive as that, I just didn't have, uh, didn't have the time to do it. Ah, see, that's why I wanted to give you a hard time about, man, because it was such a great story and felt like a dream come true. I felt, I felt like I was you. Like, I, I wish I would have been smart enough to put Mustaine lyrics in my yearbook and then to get to tour with him and everything. But talk about that moment you had with him. Oh, well, you know, he was always around. He was always accessible. Um, he's very accommodating to all the bands, and uh, he'd be up on stage at some point, you know, watching all the bands from a, a good vantage point. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he had some great things to say about Apreed. You know, one of the things um, on this tour is, you know, he, he basically alluded to the fact that he'd never seen an opening band get the reaction that we did. He's like, in all my years of touring, like, I mean, I, of course, I've seen some sick bands, but he's like, it's crazy to see uh, a band that's first of four get the crowd going like you guys do. It's like, you know, you're not the opening band. <laughs> so that was a hell of a compliment to have from him. I mean, he's the creator of Thrash, one of the creators. So, you know, it's like his stamp of approval. And um, I think he said from the stage, the last show in Minneapolis, the last show of that tour, he said something like, you know, destroy everything is my new anthem or something like that. Like, thank us for being on the tour and everything. It was cool. He was, he was cool. You know, um, he was always around, you know, I was able to snap a picture with him, chit chat here and there for the time we were on the tour. Um, he's a pretty busy guy. So it's, uh, it's good to have, you know, steal that, those couple minutes just to, be able to say like, "Hey, I'm a huge fan. I've been listening to your stuff forever. You know, let me get a picture. Wow, this is great." Did you at least tell him about the yearbook, even though you didn't bring it? No, I did not. I, I held that secret for myself. Ah <laughs> oh, man, I think he would have appreciated it. He probably would have. Yeah, I just figured. Ah, you know what? I'm going to keep this one to myself. This is my special thing, <laughs> dude. Because I had the I had the same thing, and I I got to tell him like as a kid. I had to get like an A on a test or something, and I did. And so my mom's like, I'll take you to the record store, get whatever you want. And I went, walked in and grabbed So Far, So Good, So What? And and the look on her face nice. was classic, you know? And so I got to tell <laughs> Dave that story, and he loved it. And he, needed, he, you know, had the same thing, I think, with ACDC or something when he was a kid. So That's awesome. I'm sure he would have appreciated it. I mean, just in the time and the moment, I said, ah, you know what? This story's mine. I'll keep it for myself. <laughs> you know, I'm curious. Did you have a favorite Megadeth tune? Was there a highlight for you where you're like, oh, I got to make sure I get to the side stage and watch, you know, blank every night from him? Within the first four days of the tour, he had adjusted the set list at the time. So whatever it was, you know, for the first four days of the tour, and then they ended up switching it up where it was a little bit heavier. So they threw the conjuring on the set list, which, uh, you know, he hadn't played in a long time. So, you know, knowing that they were going to be playing that, I tried to catch that song every every night. Bitching, man. It was a great tour and great to see you guys out there. And he's absolutely right. I mean, that tour was really four headlining bands all playing together. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone killed it every night. The fans were coming out. You know, we were just outside of the COVID 
you know, era. It was starting to kind of ease up a little bit and masks weren't absolutely necessary. And, you know, people were leaving their house and they were getting more confidence about going out to social events and stuff. So, I mean, we were going on at 6.30, 6.45 every night and the place was already packed. Our fans were there definitely representing, but it was, people just needed to be outside and go to a, a, a concert, a musical event and feel normal again. Yeah, dude, everyone I knew going to that show and all the tickets we gave away on the radio and everything, everyone said, I'm getting there early. I'm not missing Hatebreed. So like like That's Dave awesome. said, testament to you guys. And uh, dude, I got to touch on the last tour I saw you on o- over this past summer. What That was summer of 21. So I think summer 22 going out with Anthrax and BLS. And dude, be honest, man, yeah. that, that Hollywood Palladium show, how soon in advance did you... Uh, know that Chuck D was going to be out there not that night. Did you see him backstage? What was the vibe? Did is everyone, I mean, everyone's a tough metal dude, but when Chuck D's in the house, I'd, I'd imagine there's a little bit more excitement, a little bit more something in the air. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That, that LA Palladium show was sold out and it was one of several on that tour that was sold out. So that was awesome to see because the energy in that room, you know, with a sold out crowd capacity is like, holy shit, something great's going to go down. But yeah, I didn't know that was going on until, I was backstage and I see Chuck, you know, watching uh, bands from the side of the state. He popped into our um, dressing room after we had done. I, I wasn't there after we were finished. And he was like, you know, whoever was in there. Oh, dude, that was a great set. So I missed him by like five minutes. I walk in the dressing room. Dude, Chuck D was just here. So then you knew what was going on. Like, oh, he's hanging. They're definitely doing. They're going to blow the roof, roof off the place too and bring the noise. So after that, you know, I did see him walk in the hallway and I, I flagged him down for a minute because I have a Chuck D story, uh, so I, I had to tell him about it. So I grabbed him, I was like, Chuck, you know, of course I'm a huge fan. Who's not a fan of Public Enemy? Oh, my God. Grew up listening to you guys, and, and then, of course, the collab with Anthrax and everything. But I went to college up at, uh, in, in New York State, upstate New York. It was a, a school called uh, SUNY Plattsburgh. So it's way up north New York, up near the Canadian border. You're like probably an hour outside of Montreal. Mm-hmm. And... Um, when I went to school there, one of the societies or whatever had brought Chuck D in as like a speaker for something. I think it was like the history of hip hop um, and R&B and stuff like that. So I ended up going to, you know, that was towards the end of my, my college uh, days there. But I went and saw Chuck D speak at my school. So I brought it up to him like, dude, you know, I went to Plattsburgh in the late 90s. You were a speaker there. I saw you. He's like, oh, you were there. Yeah, that's way up there. You know, that's cold country. So we were laughing about that because, yeah, they get bombarded with snow. It's like frozen tundra up there. Yeah, he was stoked that I was there for that. And then we ended up snapping a picture and chit-chat a little bit. But he digs, he dug he dug the Hate Breed show that night. And then uh, he was at the Coney Island show on the Anthrax tour as well. And he came out and did the same thing. He did bring the noise and everything. So he watched us a little bit uh, from stage, I believe. Um, yeah, he's a good guy. Nice guy. Love it, man. It's always good when you meet your heroes like that. And they turn out to be awesome. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, we certainly had our experiences with it going the other way. Nice when it goes that way. Totally. <laughs> Especially, you know, it's funny to think about it, the two stories you've told, you know, both Dave Mustaine and Chuck D, two kind of intimidating guys, and great to hear that they were sweethearts in the end. Yeah, not ruining either of their images, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are nice guys. <laughs> And, dude, finally we get to your tour. Finally get a headlining set. So excited for this after seeing you open all these times. 
20 years of perseverance. We got you at the House of Blues of Anaheim coming up on November the 19th. And I'm always fascinated with these anniversary tours. You tell me, are you guys playing the album in its entirety or just kind of uh, highlighting? I mean, obviously, you got to play the title track and I will be heard. But uh, you tell me, is it like the album in its entirety or just kind of some select highlights from the album? Well, yeah, no, it's more select highlights, I think. Um we have a special guest that comes out and jams with us, Mr. Sean Martin. He was in the band yeah. uh, in the Perseverance days. He was a guitar player, so he's out on the road with us, and he's coming out and jamming with us a bunch of select tunes. I mean, there's a lot of energy in the room because of the anniversary and because of everyone expecting those songs and, and you know the impact that the record had and everything. So um, it's, it's just celebration. And uh, we're four shows in now on the tour. We're in Hartford, Connecticut tonight. So this is a hometown gig for us. Hometown, yeah. And it's going to be crazy. You can, you can just feel it in the air. It's going to be crazy. So, um, yeah, I mean, the show's great, man. People got a lot of great things to say about it. We're playing all the tunes that everyone wants to hear. You know, we're playing the Perseverance songs. But we're also, like we always do, we always play songs from our entire catalog, spanning the career of the band. So everyone's getting a taste of uh, a little bit of everything. So I'm curious, man, and just because I'm a nerd, but like when Sean comes out, are Frank and Wayne grabbing a, a beer, or are you going like Iron Maiden three guitar attack? Iron Maiden style, all the way. <laughs> yes. Full volume. <laughs> Does that mean you're going to bust into Run to the Hills or something too, or what? Triple guitar attack. I mean, I'd like to. I'll run it by the guys. <laughs> it doesn't really fit with the Perseverance motif, but hey, if we bust out the Maiden, I'm down. Maybe be quick or be dead, something a little bit faster. <laughs> what a great song <laughs> yeah and then one that one that they never play and a super fast song yeah yeah well yeah i mean oh god iron maiden just came through here i missed them you know because we were getting ready uh to do this but they just came through new york city and uh i've seen pictures of their show and it looks amazing yeah. And I'm sorry, I'm missing it this run. Oh, you to rub it in, man. They were great on the last run with the Legacy of the Beast, and just saw them back in September with Trivium opening. And uh, is still the, still the oh, best, yeah. still the best band out yeah. there. I think still still the best, still the kings of metal. When have they not put on a killer show? I know Bruce is talking now. He doesn't like the weed smoke at his shows. <laughs> you know, it's his opinion. Everyone smokes weed these days, so I guess you got to kind of get used to it. But <laughs> yeah, especially in it California. is what it is. Bruce is going to say. Bruce is going to say what Bruce has got to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing's stopping him. Even when he's on tour with Ozzy and Ozfest, he's still talking smack. He don't care. Exactly. <laughs> well, dude, uh, getting getting back to your tour, dude, I'm really excited. I, I know it's kind of split up. We got you on the West Coast, so we get the uh, bleeding through on the dates. And kind of curious, did you guys tour a lot with them back in the day? Oh, sure, yeah. I mean, we kind of all came up together in the early 2000s. Uh, we did an Ozfest or two with them known them forever, uh, good people, you know, and uh, they bring a different vibe. You know, their music's different from us and uh, different from, from a lot of the other bands that are out here now. So it's going to be a nice addition to the run. It'll be nice to hook up with those guys. Again, I mean, they, they, uh, they, they weren't a band for a while, so it's kind yeah. of a reunion of sorts for them. So it's really cool. It just adds to the celebratory vibe of this tour. Yeah, yeah, they went away for a bunch of years, and then, God, my mind is mush after COVID, but a few years ago, two, three, four years ago, they put out like their comeback album, and, and they don't play that often, which is really cool, kind of like you guys. Yeah, they don't, I mean, yeah, they, they don't play that often. They haven't, I mean, I get it, you know, life gets in the way when you start having kids, or you get married, or you go off and do this, or 
you just kind of, you have been doing this, this particular thing for 20 something years. So you kind of delve off into different roads and stuff and where life takes you in a different direction. So I get it. So, but they're back. And, uh, like I said, we all came up together. So it's a, it's a reunion of sorts between us too. It's going to be good to have them on the, on the tour. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I got to get used to Brandon with no hair. He's like clean shave now. Yeah. <laughs> He's still jacked though. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's got that whole like fitness gym or whatever he owns, like as his day job, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's one of the things that's what I was talking about. Like you start doing other things and, and, uh, and uh, it, life takes you in a different direction, you know, and that was his. Yeah. Really successful gym. Yeah, totally. Looking forward to it. And uh, dude, I want to just kind of look, uh, look ahead to the future. What's next? Any more breed brews, a new album? What's kind of what are we looking at for 23 with hate breed? Uh, we got a, we got a pretty good year mapped out. There'll be some more touring, definitely some more recording, uh, some cool stuff happening at the end of next year. That'll be announced here soon. Um, yeah, I mean, we got a pretty solid year mapped out. Definitely some new material. We're talking about it. Um, you know, nothing set in stone yet. We're throwing ideas around. So, uh, yeah, we're not going away anytime soon. We got some good stuff planned for next year. Love it. I love it. And any, any more breed brews in the works? No breed brews right now. Um, yeah, the beer thing was cool. It was kind of a COVID project that we had talked about doing for a long time. And, uh, the whole COVID era thing gave us the time to do it where we could produce a beer and do meet and greets and have tastings and stuff like that. We did two beers and a non-alcoholic version of one of them, but uh, no, no plans to do anything, uh, you know, new on the beer front as of yet. Mm, okay. Okay. Well, I, I, as a fan, I loved both of them, the Pilsner and, and the, uh, I think it was a pale ale or IPA. Yeah. Yeah. We did a, we did a, um, a lager, a lager, which was that's a lighter was. lager, four and a half percent. That was called live for this lager. And then we did um, a pale ale, which is a little heavier perseverance pale ale. Um, they both had bite, you know, one was a little higher alcohol content than the other, but all the fans dug it, you know, they came in a collector can, uh, even the non-alcoholic, we did a non-alcoholic version of the lager. So that came in a, a different can design too. So it became kind of a collector's thing. Uh, there are cans floating around out there if you can get your hands on them. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it was a fun thing to do at the time. And, and then once you get wrapped up with touring and stuff again, it's hard to devote the time to you know producing something else like that so who knows down the road i mean nothing's ever off the table never say never but right now we're more wrapped up in the in the touring world for sure for sure we're gonna stick with that but yeah it'd be great to do something down the road another beer i mean who doesn't love beer yeah exactly i got i got some empty cans on the shelf you know collector's items (laughs) and dude uh, nice nice to hear that 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 there's some new music in the works because i was actually going to suggest dude i love the for for the lions album and i think it's time for for the lions part two maybe hey i would love it i would love it we've jokingly talked about doing something like that but i don't know if it'll ever come to fruition it would be great i would love it we'd have to throw a bunch of songs in a hat and you know pick the best ones you know best covers to do uh like i said i mean there's plenty of things we could do going down the road so i mean hey if that idea came up i'd be all about it that was a lot of fun to do the first one yeah dude so many good covers on there the slayer and the sepultura and <laughs> i did want to bring up the uh the the metallica cover on there escape the 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 tune that Metallica wrote back in the day, they thought that that was going to be like their radio hit back in the day. And I'm kind of curious who picked that one, man. I don't recall who picked that one. It might've been Sean at the time. Um, 
Yeah, I don't I don't really remember, but I know we did go with that song because it was so obscure in the in the Metallica catalog and like the obvious choice would be Master of Puppets or something like that. You know? right, right. We didn't want to do that. So we said let's do something. I mean, that was a song they had never played live at the time. I think, you know, since they have um because they've been doing all sorts of crazy stuff with their set lists and stuff. But yeah, at the time it was something they never played live. It was just, you know, kind of buried and the track listing of Ride the Lightning. So we said, hey, let's do this one's different. Well, you know, the reason I get into Metallica is we're one of those old school stations. We do mandatory Metallica. So I was kind of curious whose pick that was. But if you had a chance to do it again, if there was a Four Lions Part 2 and it was up to you to pick, what Metallica tune would you like to cover? Oh, man, that's tough right off the top of my head. I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to, like sit with the catalog again i mean because everyone's so familiar with the old stuff you know it would definitely be an older tune i don't know maybe disposable heroes but i know chimera covered that a bunch of years ago so i mean a lot of songs have already been done i mean our version would be fine but um you never want to do things that bands have already done you try to try to just be different right um yeah i don't know i'd have to i'd have to sift through the catalog again and, and uh and see because i don't like the yeah first thing that pops in your head is like blackened or master of puppets but uh, i don't know i mean those are obvious choices so i'd rather do something that is a little more obscure and do our version of it and do it justice i was thinking maybe like damage ink i always like the symbol chokes on it you know that'd be cool or even battery i'd probably go with something off master of puppets the record that was my favorite metallica album um yeah i don't know I'm going to have to think on that and get back to you. <laughs> well, how about how about you pick a tune for Mandatory Metallica tonight? What what tune can we play for you on Mandatory Metallica? One of my favorites is off Ride the Lightning, Fight Fire with Fire. Oh, yeah. That whole opening? Sick. Absolutely. That well, song's heavy as hell. <laughs> and his voice sounded so good on that record. I mean, like I said, my favorite's Master of Puppets. I think he was, you know, at his the top of his vocal game at that point. Um, but he still sounds awesome on Ride the Lightning. Beautiful, man. Thank you so much for the time. Can't wait for the House of Blues Anaheim show, and best of luck out there on the road. Thanks, brother. We'll see you out there. Absolutely. Safe travels. Thanks, man. Take care. Bye-bye. Dude, you absolutely rock. Thank you so much for checking out the entire interview. Now just hit subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast, Radioactive Mike Z. My interviews in their entirety, available on all the major platforms. Tune in, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever you're listening to right now. Just hit the subscribe button. Make sure to give me a follow on the socials as well. I'll follow you back at MikeZ967. And bro, don't miss the radio show. Now 10 p.m to midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks in the Southern California Inland Empire area, Riverside, San Bernardino County. Always streaming on live at kcalfm.com. You, my friend, absolutely rock.